Hi, I'm Dr. Marisa Randazzo, host of Women Who Protect, a series in the Ontic Protective Intelligence podcast, where we spotlight women working in a wide range of positions within security, protection, and law enforcement. Today, we're doing something a little different on our show to celebrate the one-year mark on our program. We've compiled highlights of some of our episodes I know you'll enjoy in the form of two to three minute clips featuring guests ranging from corporate security investigators to compliance and HR executives to executive protection experts. It's no secret that careers in protection or security have been historically dominated by men. On our show, we've heard eye-opening insights and advice from our guests that have helped women navigate careers in these fields. We know the immense value that women bring to the fields of security, protection, and law enforcement. And it's our hope that these stories inspire women and girls to join our ranks. Thank you for listening to Women Who Protect. Let's get started. Our first episode featured Kate Bright, CEO and founder of Umbra International, which is a leading private client office offering custom protective and proactive security solutions. Kate talked about the increasing demand that she's seeing for female executive protection professionals and the creative approach she's taken to recruiting women into the field of protection from other professions. Kate prides herself especially in helping people transition from roles in professional sports or the military into executive protection. Here's why. I started to get more involved with and watching uh, women's rugby as well. I started to to get to know a lot of women leaving professional sport. Now, you'll know from my TEDx talk, Invisible Security, Can Women Protect Men? I'm, I'm a real champion for uh, women coming into the industry. Here in the UK, there's only 5.75% of all close protection bodyguard license holders are, are female. And I know from the client side that the demand is is set much higher. So, you know, I'm really trying to encourage women to understand that this is, a, you know, this is a, a legitimate career path to to come into. And suddenly it struck me that I was hanging out with all these ex-sports friends, men and women. And suddenly I was thinking, gosh, I wasn't watching the rugby anymore from a enjoyment point of view. I was going and talent spotting and thinking, my goodness, that that sensor would make a great, uh, you know, great part of the team. And um, and so I started to make some relationships with some of the clubs here in the UK. And one thing leads to another. Um, underneath the business Umbra that I run is a real deep sense of, of of helping others to come into the industry. And we've seen a great examples now that we, where we've helped the funding pathways for men and women coming out of sport to get into into security. But um, the, 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 the transition around military is it still remains to this day. I'm, I, I regularly will meet with colleagues and friends coming out of various parts of armed forces. I think that a lot of the, tr- the, the skills that you need to work in a security team are translatable across many disciplines, but professional sport and, and private security teams, there's a discipline, a teamwork ethos, a real sort of sense of camaraderie that I have now experienced firsthand works super well. And I'm, I'm really excited about what we can do as a business to really kind of bang the drum about how, um, how much more we could do to, to really shine a light on, on that. So um, yeah, career transition for me, particularly um, military and sport is a really huge passion point, as I think you can hear. When Monica Dupron Rodriguez from LinkedIn joined us on Women Who Protect, 
She talked about facing her fair share of high-stakes situations, particularly in her roles as a SWAT negotiator and as a narcotics detective. She also shared what sets women apart from their male counterparts when situations escalate seemingly out of control. Just another question on on your experience as a hostage negotiator. You talked about being one of two women on the team. Did you see that there was any particular skill set that women brought to that position that that may have differentiated them from from your male colleagues? I think the biggest thing that we were able to bring um, was organization, not just you know. Um, Organization in the sense of, you know, we have all of this equipment and we needed to make sure that everything was logged and, you know, everything was in its proper place because in an emergency, you want to make sure that you always know where that particular item is going to be. Um, and the other thing is we just have a very different approach in the way that we speak. And so, uh if we needed a situation or we needed someone who could be very strong, forceful, came across as an alpha, you know, we would utilize one of the, one, one of the men, but there were certain situations where um, that just didn't work because all that was doing was making the other person more agitated and their, you know, stress level was, was elevated. And, putting a female on the phone to negotiate with, um, with an, you know, either a hostage taker or someone who's trying to take their life. Um, we just have a, a, a calmer, um, I think it's, it's just the way that we speak is, is a little bit more calming for some individuals. And so we, we have to capitalize that on that when we identify that, that individual may, relate a little bit better with a female's voice. Um, And so that was something that we brought to the table, uh, just a different perspective in the way that we dealt with things, you know, a little bit softer, but yet still forceful. um, And we still got the job done. It's just done differently. Many people don't know what's involved in critical infrastructure protection, but our guest Charnel Sanders from the Great Lakes Water Authority breaks it down for us. She helps explain why critical infrastructures are often the first target for others wanting to do harm. My job is to protect my people first, the people who do the job that then protects and helps the people, our, our community and our, uh, residents and then go from there. Because at the end of the day, I want to be able for everyone to go home, go inside their houses, go to sleep at night and wake up the next morning and do it again. That's my goal for myself. And that's my goal for any of the people who report to me, I want everybody, no matter what crazy chaotic thing happened during the day, if we can all go home and sleep in our own beds, then I've done my job. And so that's how I approach anyone that I'm uh, seeking cooperation. And on top of that, that's the first thing. The second thing is letting them know that I am here to cooperate with them. 
I don't, I'm not here to take over. I'm not here. I'm here to be an, an assistant, an asset, a resource for you. Uh, because we are mixed with where something may be owned by the state or federal, or it may be owned by the local community, but yet I'm a resource and I always want them to know that I'm a resource. If you need something, I'm here. And so even going into something, trying to do it before there's an actual reason to is, I think, huge. Introducing yourself and making the phone calls, making the connections before you have to make those connections. That way, when there is an emergency, we already know who all the players are and we're able to just jump in and do the job again with that shared goal of we are here to protect people and we are here as a service to others. Julie Marshauser is an organized retail crime investigations manager for the Kroger Company. She talked about running investigations in both the public and private sectors. She also shared a wonderful story about the visibility of women in law enforcement and the inspiration that such visibility can provide to girls everywhere. You know, I will say too, one of the things that that always struck me with that job that I really, really enjoyed was when I was in uniform and we would be at, you know, I'd be out in the community and, and there would be maybe a little girl who would see me in uniform and just get big bright eyed and smile and, and say, girls can be police officers too. And I said, well, absolutely. Yes, we can. And we can wear heels on the weekend and <laughs> you know, we, can, we can do it all. And, oh, that's you know, great. it was just, yeah, it was just, for me, that was, that was a win because it was almost as if that was a surprise to some, you know, very young girls that yes, we can do this job too. When I had a chance to talk with Karen Moore, I learned about a career in a different aspect of protection. Moore is Chief Compliance and Privacy Officer at Unisys, where she is responsible for the design and implementation of the company's global compliance program. And she oversees the cross-functional privacy program. She shares why privacy can't exist without security and provides instrumental advice for those seeking a career in security. I think first of all, you have to put aside the the first image that comes into your mind when you think of a security um, or or systems person, right? That kind of geeky guy sitting in a dark room <laughs> with a huge bank of computers and monitors. And um, I, I think that that is one of the things that's slightly off putting. And I wonder if that some somewhat goes with the skill set, right? It is something. It's a field where you have to be very, um, very broad thinking and your ability to abstractly connect the dots. Um, it's not something where you put your hands on or look through a microscope or do a lot of reading and figure it out. You've, you've really got to work on a lot of different levels. Um, and, and I think that women are really suited to that skill set because it's something that we 
tend to do, and I, I know I'm speaking really broadly about 50% of the global population, but <laughs> I, I think to the extent that you can make gender-specific assumptions, women are really good at working on these different levels, the, the big picture and the small picture at the same time. And they say that women are good at multitasking. Um, I might say as I get older that maybe it's young women are good at multitasking, but I, I think it's a it's a mental multitasking field. Um, and and all the women, especially that I talk to at Unisys that are working um, especially on the on the security side, on the threat side, they're they're such phenomenal conversationalists because they're they're thinking about things from all different angles all the time, um, which I love. So I would I would tell young girls and women who are interested in how the world works um, that that security, that privacy, um, I would add, uh, you know, throw in compliance in there and, and add a little bit of a, um, an ad for compliance as well, um, are things where there isn't a narrow lane. Um, and so it, it lets you freestyle, I guess, if I'm going to try not to mix metaphors. It really lets you figure out um, a whole lot of things with original thinking. Um, and, and I think that that's probably one of the best characteristics of a career that you can explore. When Janet Wallace joined me on Women Who Protect, she shared her perspective on walking into a room where you are the only woman. As founder and CEO of the Center for Threat Intelligence, Wallace shared her story of starting her own security business when she discovered an unmet need and built a successful security practice to fill it. Don't be afraid. It's like if you walk into a meeting and it's all men, so what? You have just as much information as they do and maybe even more. So they need to hear what you are about to say. The other thing that women have to realize is that diversity is so key in threat intelligence and security. So people in general have different perspectives, whether it's cultural or whatever. It's like diversity is very important. We think of things differently and we have different mindset and biases and it is absolutely critical that we get more people and more women into security and to threat intelligence because we do have a different sense about things women tend to have a lot of intuition and that intuition can be critical in situations where it just doesn't seem right and that's very important Thank you for joining me on this special episode. It's an honor to share these stories with you. And please mention Women Who Protect and the Ontic Protective Intelligence podcast to any women or girls who may be interested in the fields of security, protection, or law enforcement. And please subscribe to hear our future Women Who Protect episodes. We have some great ones coming up. Finally, if you have any suggestions for guests, we'd love to hear them. Please email us at podcast at ontic.co. That's podcast at ontic, O-N-T-I-C dot C-O. Thanks for listening. Thank you.